Everything NHL, the hockey segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, and we're here with our expert, James Kumar. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? So, uh, this week we're going to, I guess, recap some games and we'll take a look at some of the games that are happening right now. Um, if there are some games that are finished on friday which is the day that we're recording we might take a look at them uh we'll talk about some general talk and uh the calgary coach being fired and then we'll preview some saturday games and then we'll probably look at the hockey pool when we're done yeah for sure sounds good let's get into it all right so i guess first we'll talk about uh thursday games starting with the New York Islanders versus the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, it was a good game for the Islanders. Um, it was 5-2, a uh, very dominant performance. Uh, just wondering about your thoughts uh, for the two teams. Yeah, just uh, looking at the New York Islanders, um, I guess just getting into some of the stats from this game, uh, you got goals in the first period for the Islanders. Noah Dobson and Matt Martin also scoring there. Um, Taylor Hall scoring for Buffalo in the second period, followed by a goal for the Islanders from Anthony Bovillier. Then we just headed to the third period. Jordan Eberle scored for the Islanders to make it 4-1. Buffalo answered uh, with a goal from Rasmus Ristolainen. And then um, the Islanders finished it off um, midway through the third period with a goal from Matt Martin. Final score 5-2. Um, I believe the Islanders, they've just been hot right now. they they just haven't found a way to lose games. They're always in it. They're always winning. And um, they just continue to just move up in the, the East Division. I mean, now they're in first place. They're they're playing really solid um, as we speak. And um, I, I guess you said look at both teams. So just looking at Buffalo, uh, they just can't buy a victory at this point. They're 6-12-3 and three now. Um, I guess they might be the next team to fire their coach. I don't know what you think about that. They've just been on such a slump. Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to be uh, talking about Calgary a little bit, but, you know, first Montreal, they fired their coach. If the Buffalo Sabres keep losing, they might end up firing their coach too, try to shake some things up. Yeah, ever since um, Buffalo came back from that whole COVID situation where they were blaming New Jersey uh, for getting COVID from them, for not following protocols and so on, uh, Buffalo just hasn't been the same. Like I said, they've only won two out of their last 10. And I think, yeah, they might be the next team to uh, get their uh, coach fired. Yeah, um, hopefully the Buffalo Sabres can kind of turn things around. Yeah, it's going to be uh, tough for them. Moving on yeah. to the next game. Yeah. So I guess now we'll look at the other New York team, uh, the New York Rangers versus the New Jersey Devils. Another dominant performance this game. Uh, the Rangers won 6-1, a very high-scoring game. Um, I guess what are your thoughts against, uh, I guess, about these two teams? Um, yeah, the, the Rangers just look dominant. They have been playing better as of late and it's been quite the opposite for New Jersey. That's their fourth loss in a row. 
Um, and yeah, I, I know you're going to get to the the scores in this game, but but yeah, it, it seemed like after the first period um, with Jack Hughes scoring there for New Jersey, they just couldn't get any scoring going. Yeah, uh, for sure. The uh, I guess in the first period, like we said, Jack Hughes was able to get a goal, but uh, the rest of the game, it was just all Rangers goals. Uh, Chris Kreider scored two times. and Actually, three times. Had a bunch. Yeah, three times. He scored three times, and then I think Pavel scored. I think Brendan Smith scored. Lafreniere scored. So... Again, very uh, dominant game from both teams. Um, I guess I was just wondering, uh, where do you kind of see these two teams for, I guess, the next couple of weeks? Yeah, um, I know we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. I, I've just seen that East Division being those top five teams. I know you got Boston, you got the Islanders, Washington, uh, you got Philadelphia, and you got Pittsburgh as sort of the five teams that will be making a run at four playoff spots there. And the, the Rangers and New Jersey seem to be like those middling teams there. And then Buffalo seems to be like that last place team. So I think the Rangers and the Devils will be fighting against each other for, you know, um, maybe almost a playoff spot, but maybe not quite there. Yeah, I see, I see. So I guess uh, we'll go to the next game. Um, it's going to be the Detroit Red, Wing, Red Wings versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Yeah, this game wasn't that close either. 5-2, uh, the Hurricanes were uh, very dominant. Um. I guess just wondering about your general thoughts about this game. Yeah, I guess other the other than the fact that Philip Sedina had two goals for Detroit, they didn't really get much of anything from anyone else. Um, he just looked like the only dominant player in this game for them. Um, I mean, like it was it was just tough overall. I mean, they had their chances. They took thirty five shots, but at the end of the day, I mean, Carolina just played better. Um, Alex uh, Nadelkovich being in net for them. I know I'm going to talk about him later in our pickups, but yeah, he just had a solid game. He's had a very solid string of games uh, over the past few weeks. So um, yeah, I'll let you get to the recap of this. For sure. Um, like we said, Zadina was the only player on Detroit who was able to get goals. He was, he got two goals for by himself, which is very impressive, but Unfortunately, the Hurricanes, they ended up having a bunch of players with goals. Um, I think Andrei Svechnikov, he had a goal. Uh, Jordan Stahl had a goal. Uh, Nietzsche's had a goal. Uh, Jesper Fast and Niederreiter, uh, they both had goals. Um, unfortunately, Detroit wasn't able to kind of stop the Hurricanes' offense. So I guess I was just wondering, um, I guess just on kind of the state of the Detroit's defense versus kind of the Hurricanes offense, is it kind of the Hurricanes are just too good or does Detroit need to work on something? Yeah, I think Carolina is one of those teams that can roll three solid scoring lines. Uh, they got three excellent centers, Sebastian Ajo and Jordan Stahl and Vincent Trocek. And the wingers on those lines are solid as well. Guys like Svechnikov, 
Natchez. I mean, you got Tara Vinen. Uh, you got Niederreiter. I mean, there's just tons of solid players on that team. Even Jesper Fast had a goal tonight uh, or Thursday night, sorry. And yeah, um, that offense is just pretty tough to stop for any team. Um, much less the Detroit team that, you know, they're, they're in a rebuild. We all know this. Um, yeah, I, I think it's tough for any team, to be honest. Yeah, but I guess especially tough since uh, Detroit doesn't have the personnel just yet to kind of keep up with the pace of Carolina. Yeah, I think it might take a, another year or two to really see a competitive Detroit team. I know that uh, Detroit fans... Uh, they got to be patient and I guess just sort of get through uh, the bad times here for the Red Wings. Yeah, hopefully the bad times aren't going to last too long. But I guess we'll move on to, I guess, a game that's, I guess, a little bit um, closer. The Philadelphia Flyers against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it was quite a battle. Uh, the Flyers came up on top 4-3, so it was only a one one game, one score uh, difference in this game. Uh, I guess if it was in uh, past seasons, we would have said this was a high-scoring game, but this is kind of average these days. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess just wondering about your thoughts on the state of these uh, two teams. Yeah, I think it's a tale of two different games in one game. Uh, Pittsburgh going up 3 nothing within the first four minutes of the game and then not being able to score a goal the rest of the game. Philadelphia winning the game 4-3 in a comeback victory. Um, I mean, Chris Letang, Mark Friedman, and Jared McCann scored so quick. And it almost seemed like the game was over for for Philly, you know, and it's... Uh, it's good they didn't give up on their goalie, Brian Elliott. He had a solid game. He just had a rough uh, first patch there. And then they just answered right back while uh, Philly had one goal in the first. It was Sean Couturier. Then in the second period, Claude Giroux scored. Uh, and then in the third period, Scott Lawton tied the game. And then Claude Giroux scored another one for the winner. So, I mean, it, it, Philadelphia played the the more solid uh I guess it seemed like a 55-minute game that they played. The first five minutes was a little uh, heavy from Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh didn't play a full 60-minute game, and that's been one of the issues with them. I mean, they can play a solid 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, but they just can't really just play a full game, and uh, I think that's why they're sitting there in fifth. They're, they're the odd team out right now in that East division. I think it, it's one of the issues that Pittsburgh needs to address. I mean, they even got Crosby back in this game. He was out on the COVID protocol, but yeah, uh, they just really need to fix something as a team. Yeah. And I guess speaking of, um, I guess just kind of like a uh, general, what's your kind of opinion on players being able to play despite the pro COVID protocol? Yeah, I think it's hurt some teams. Uh, te like players have just been removed from the lineup just the day of. Like I know that happened with Crosby. That happened with, with just a f you can name a bunch of players that have just been removed uh, the day before the game or the day of the game due to the COVID protocol. Whether it was a false positive, whether it was a close contact, whatever it might be, you know they they have to sit out the game. And I think it's tough for some teams. There's teams missing a lot of players and. Yeah, um, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. Um, I guess I was just wondering if uh, 
you think the Penguins can kind of catch up to the rest of the teams in the East if Crosby is able to come back? Um, yeah, it uh, looks like he should be back for, for good now unless something else happens. So, yeah, like I said, any of those five teams are in it uh, until the season's done. I feel like it's going to be a five-team race in this division. Yeah. It's looking like it's going to be really close for sure. And speaking of close, we have a, another close game that would have been high scoring in past seasons, but it's just kind of average. <laughs> the Jets versus the Canadians. Uh, the Jets went 4-3 uh, against the Canadians. Oh, a good game for the Jets and kind of unfortunate for the Canadians. Um, the Canadians, they're trying to, I guess, get a new coach. Uh, like we said before, they fired their coach, and uh, now they have an interim coach. And I was just kind of wondering about your thoughts on these two teams and if you think the coaching thing is working out for the Canadians right now. Um, I guess clearly not. I mean, they only have one victory since the coach has come in, and I believe they've played at least three or four games since he's uh, been a part of – he's been the, the head of this coaching staff, so – uh, it hasn't looked good so far. I guess we'll just have to wait it out. And then as for the Jets, I mean, they've been one of the hotter teams there in the North Division. I believe they're in second place now. So they're they're playing some good hockey. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just going into the scores, um, the Jets, they were able to score in both the first and third period. And they were able to, uh, I guess, take the game in overtime. Uh Statsny was able to get a, a goal in the first period. Uh, Matthew Perrault got a goal in the first period. And Stastny got another goal in the third period. And uh, Dubois was able to kind of clutch it in overtime. And that's how the Jets came out on top. Uh, the uh, Gallagher, Toffoli, and P Perry, they all scored kind of later in the game, uh, both second and third period. But Unfortunately, they weren't able to get another goal in overtime. Uh, I guess the Jets, they were, they were just able to kind of dig deep and pull out a win. So I guess uh, just wondering if uh, you think that there's anything Montreal can do going forward. I guess going forward, um, their goal should really just to be um... – I mean, they, they've been aggressive. I was going to say to be more aggressive, but they have been. They've been taking lots of shots. I, I guess it's just been more of the bounces just not going their way. Uh, they just, uh, I mean, they find ways to outplay teams, but the score just doesn't go their way. I, I'm just very confused at some of the scores. I, it's not like this team's been short of effort. It seems like they're just being outmatched. I don't know what the issue is. Maybe it's like a coaching scheme. Maybe it's something. I, I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, Montreal's been losing this many games. Um, but, I mean, they say that sometimes the bounces will go your way and sometimes they won't. So maybe the bounces will start going their way, um, you know. And I, uh, they did score on the power play in this game. It's not like their power play hasn't been producing. Um, I mean, they, they, were, uh, they were pretty much uh, up on the scoreboard for most categories, whether it was face-offs, whether it was shots. Uh, I mean, anything hits, uh, you know. It's just... Like I said, the bounces didn't go your way. In overtime, the right bounce has to go your way. Um, you know, if there's a shot that's blocked and then you get a breakaway, the overtime's three on three, you know. 
breaks go back and forth. And it looks like Dubois uh, was, you know, he had a chance and he was successful and he scored. So, um, yeah, I guess they just got to keep working hard and eventually the bounces will go Montreal's way. Yeah, I guess for Montreal fans, hopefully uh, Montreal can become a top team in the North again. And uh, I guess going to the next game, speaking of top team, uh, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Chicago Blackhawks. This is the uh, Thursday game. Um, It's another overtime game. Uh, The Lightning were able to kind of clutch it in overtime. Um, I guess Ryan Carpenter and Alex DeBrinkett, they were able to take two goals in the second period. And uh, Tampa Bay had three goals, uh, two in the third period, one in overtime. Sorelli and Stamkos, they were were able to, I guess, take the team to overtime. And Killorn was the uh, person who kind of closed the game out. And he was able to kind of clutch a win for Tampa Bay. Uh, just wondering about your uh, general thoughts on these two teams. Yeah, I'm surprised there were two shorthanded goals in this game, uh, one from each team, Carpenter and Sorelli getting them. Uh, normally when teams are on the power play, you don't expect them to give up goals, but uh, I mean, it can happen sometimes. But yeah, just looking at the two teams, um, uh, I applaud Chicago for this. I know we'll get to tonight's result as well. There was a rematch between these two teams, but I applaud Chicago Um uh, I mean, just hanging in there with Tampa. I mean, uh, Tampa's pretty much one of the best teams in the NHL. Chicago's a, a rebuilding team that's really played sort of above uh, what we all expected at the beginning of the year. You know, they had a lot of old veterans on their cup teams, uh, including one that retired today, Brent Seabrook. So congrats to him on a, on a wonderful career. But yeah, they have a lot of older players from their cup teams and then some younger players, and they're trying to find that right mix. And it seems like they've done a good job of that. And the Chicago team's playing very well. So I applaud them. And then Tampa Bay winning, um, they're just doing what they're doing. Um, uh, even in tonight's result, we'll talk about, um, I mean, it's not like Tampa Bay didn't play well tonight. Um, uh, but yeah, Tampa Bay's just been solid over the whole season. With, no matter what injuries they have, they've just continued to win games. Um, just looking at their record now, they have a record of a 16, four and one as we speak. And, uh, yeah, they just been playing solid. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, so just wondering about, uh, your opinion about the performance of these two teams so far, I guess I was also wondering about, uh, the performance of uh, Chicago. Um, yeah, in terms of their performance, I mean, they have a, a 12, seven and five record. I know they started off, I think they lost like their first four games or something. They've been on a tear as of late. Um, this is a team that can't be slept on anymore. It looks like that they might actually be a playoff team this year. Yeah, they've definitely been playing solid and they were able to almost beat the lightning on Thursday and it was a very close game. So I guess we'll go to the next game, which was also very close. And this would be a high-scoring game, another one. This one Um, was high-scoring, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was 5-4, Panthers versus Predators. The Panthers were able to beat the Predators. Um, Unfortunately for the Predators, they weren't able to get 
another um, goal in the third period to kind of catch up. Uh, Panthers were looking very dominant. They scored every period. Uh, Carter Verhage got a goal. Uh, Mason Marchment got a goal, both in the first period. Jonathan Huberdeau got a goal in the second period. Uh, Ekblad got a goal in the second period and another one in the third period. And uh, the Nashville Predators, uh, they did their best. It was uh, very close. Um, Matthias Ekholm and Philip Forsberg, they scored two goals in the second period. And uh, Colston Sissons and Ryan Johansson scored two goals in the third period. So they tried to mount a comeback, but uh, Florida, they were just able to hold on to their lead. And I guess I was just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. Yeah, uh, in this division, uh, there's been two very surprised teams from last year. The first one we talked about in the last recap was Chicago. And the second one is Florida. I mean, they've just been playing out of their minds. They have a record of 14-4-4. and And, I mean, this team looks like they're going to be a playoff team by all accounts. Uh, they've just been playing solid. They've won six games out of their last 10. Um, I mean, they can win both at home and on the road, uh, no matter what the case might be. This game was on the road, and they've they just been playing solid. Uh, guys like Carver Hagee been playing well, as, as we've been talking about. Um, Aaron Ekblad had two power play goals in this game. So, yeah, this Florida team looks dominant. And then I guess as for Nashville, the season has just been very disappointing for them. Uh, they did play well in this game. It's not like they played bad, but at the end of the day, they just couldn't come out with the win. Yeah, I guess I was just wondering uh, about the Predators' uh, performance. And do you think that this is kind of just the Panthers were just really good or the Predators kind of need to do something to kind of uh, I guess, catch up. Yeah, the Predators do need to do something, but this game would be the exception. I think that Florida is just a very good team this year. Makes sense. And I guess going on to the next game, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Dallas Stars. Um, unfortunately, the Stars were not able to get a win. Um, they fell 3-2 to the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets had three. The Stars had two. Um, I guess and they tried to kind of come back in the third, but they weren't able to. Um, Heiskanen and Robertson both scored two goals in the third period, but uh, the Blue Jackets, they scored in the second and third period. Uh, Boone Jenner, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Eric Robinson all scored goals. And I guess I'm just wondering about your your thoughts on these two teams. Yeah, like you said, it's a rough go for Dallas. They've only won one game out of their last ten. Uh, they've had so many games canceled. They just they've been on a four game skid as we speak, and nothing's going right for this Dallas team. Um, I know they lost back to back games against defending champs Tampa Bay, a team that, as we saw in the finals even last year, they just can't beat. And then they're losing to a team that we expected them to be better than in Columbus. Um, so, yeah, Dallas just keeps sinking in this division. And, uh, I mean, they might even be below Detroit now. I know that they they haven't played as many games as the other teams because of COVID. But in terms of points, they are behind Detroit now. 
So that's not a good thing. They have the third worst points percentage in that division. So they'd be in sixth place if, if we were to judge by that. So, I mean, even then they wouldn't be a playoff team. So Dallas really needs to turn things around. Yeah, it, they've just been very unfortunate this season. Um, I was just wondering, um, is the, I guess, their lack of fortune kind of the the biggest reason for their I guess their per, their performance, or is there anything that they can kind of do to offset what's been going on? Yeah, I mean, there's not much. I mean, you look at their forward group, guys like Caro, Dowling, Camano. Uh, I know Robertson's been good, but other than that, like these new guys that have been coming in, they really haven't had much of an impact to cover for the guys either injured or having, whether it's COVID protocol or whatever. And it's just been tough for this team. And and then I think as for Columbus, um, hopefully that this game is sort of the start of a turnaround for this team. I know they've had a rough go at the beginning. There's a lot of drama at the beginning of the season. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, hopefully uh, this game will get things turned around for Columbus. Yeah. And speaking of turning things around, uh, this was a very high scoring game. It was a blowout. Um, the Flames beat the Senators 7-3. So again, very dominant performance by the Calgary Flames. On the Senators, they were beating a lot of teams and making a lot of teams look foolish. But unfortunately, the I guess the spoil party is kind of over. At least that's what it looks like for now. Um, Senators, if it was any other season, three goals would have been solid. But unfortunately... It wasn't uh, enough. It wasn't nearly enough. Uh, the flames just kind of burned them. I guess just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. Yeah, I like what you said there. The flames kind of burned them because they definitely did. They wore their uh, reverse retro, the 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 fiery horse jerseys, you know, with the horse with the flames coming out of the nostrils. Uh, yeah, they it, they call it Blasty. So they wore the Blasty jerseys and they actually won with them, which is pretty surprising. Yeah, just looking at some of the scoring from this game, uh, Brett Ritchie scored uh, for Calgary, which is surprising. He's normally like an enforcer type guy. Then Dylan Dubé scored for Calgary. Then Josh Norris answered for Ottawa in the first period. Then Sean Monaghan scored for Calgary to make it 3-1. And Josh Levo scored for Calgary to make it 4-1. Then we go to the second period. Dylan Dubé has his second goal of the game. Then in the third period, he got his third goal of the game to complete the hat trick. Then you had Artem Anisimov score for Ottawa on the power play, um, followed by Ryan Dezingle scoring a, uh, for Ottawa to make it 6-3. And then Derek Ryan scored for Calgary to make it 7-3. And then game was pretty much over at that point. Um, yeah, I know we'll get to... Calgary's firing of their coach it must have been a decision made before this game because I wouldn't understand them firing their coach after such a big win here against Ottawa yeah I don't really understand that either but we'll talk about that later um I guess my question my question would be do you think the Flames should wear the retro jersey every game now I mean, the way those goalie pads looked on David Riddick, absolutely. I mean, that jersey looks fantastic. And if they can string together some wins, I know people have always said that teams keep jerseys around longer if they tend to win in them. It's like one of those superstition type things. 
So, you know, if a, if a jersey is helping teams win, like I've been advocating for the Canucks to bring back this uh, skate jersey because they seem to always win with it. And um, they haven't won much this year. Like I said, I am wearing this uh, Canucks jersey again because, um, yeah, they they beat Toronto after I wore it last week. So we'll get to that game next. But, yeah, I mean, if you're beating a team – um, like Toronto, I mean, I guess I got to keep wearing this jersey so that the Canucks keep winning, you know? But yeah, um, yeah, those jerseys look great on Calgary, absolutely. Yeah, and I guess speaking of jerseys, the Canucks versus the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Canucks, they, they haven't really been perform- performing so well, but they were able to get the win this time. Um, they scored a goal in every period. Um, unfortunately for Toronto, they were only able to score in the first period. Uh, Pierre Engvall was the only player on Toronto who scored. Uh, Vertinen, he scored two goals, one in the first, one in the second. And Bo Horvat scored in the third to uh, round off the game. And I guess just wondering about your opinion on the Canucks. Do you think this is indicative of a kind of them coming coming back in the standings, or is this just kind of just a, an upset? Um, I mean, like they've been sort of mediocre lately, four, four, and two in their last ten. So they'll definitely have to improve on that if they want to move up in the standings. They are ten, fifteen, and two. And then as for the Leafs, they've just been on a roll lately. This is just one bad game in the bunch. I don't think we need to read too much into it when it comes to the Leafs. I mean, they are 18-5-2. They have the most wins in the NHL. So, like, let's just not uh, panic uh, for Leafs fans. And, um, yeah, both of these teams, so hopefully they're – I mean, the Leafs are heading the right direction. Hopefully this is sort of the signal of maybe Vancouver possibly turning it around. Yeah, and if they wear their retro jerseys, then, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, clearly the reverse retro aren't working, so they got to bring these back, uh, these skate jerseys. I'm advocating for it right now, Canucks. Please bring these back. If you wear these, you've been winning in the last couple years, so please bring them back. It's a request from a hockey fan here. You heard it here first. Um if you want Vancouver to win, make sure you get those skate jerseys. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. And I guess we'll go over some of the games in uh, today that just finished. Today is Friday at the time of this recording. Um, we have the Washington Capitals versus the Boston Bruins. And... Uh, very dominant performance by the Bruins as expected of all Boston fans. Uh, the, I guess they scored every period, uh, three goals in the second period, uh, one in the first, one in the, th- the third. Unfortunately, the Capitals only scored a goal in the third period. Um, Marshan scored a goal in the first and and he scored a goal in the second. Um, Bergeron and Frederich both scored in the second. And Nick Ritchie was able to kind of round off the game with a goal in the third. Unfortunately, um, 
Jakob Vrana was the only player in Washington who was able to score a goal this game in the third period. And I guess just wondering about your thoughts on these two teams. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's just been a one bad game for the Capitals. Uh, they have been on sort of a roll um, as of late. So, uh, I mean, they've won, what, seven out of their last 10 uh, heading into this game. So uh, I, I'm not concerned about Washington. This is sort of a, a redemption game for Boston, who really hadn't been playing well as of late, only five wins out of their last 10. So they really needed this game. They are 6-1-1 one, and one at home. So being at home for this game, it, I really expected them to come out on top. And, and yeah, they came out in dominant fashion. Yeah, and both teams are very close to each other in terms of record. Um, Washington is 13-6-4. The Bruins are 13-5-3. So I guess I was just wondering about your thoughts on their their placements in the standings. Yeah, I mean, they're second and third. I know the Islanders have been hot. They passed them. But yeah, they're, all those teams are right where they should be. Like I said, those top five teams, uh, they could make the playoffs in any order, if I'm being honest. Um, one could be in first. One could be in fifth. Anyone could either make it or miss it. That's how tough that division is there in the East. Yeah, they're definitely looking like one of the strongest divisions in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess the next Friday game we're going to be looking at is the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Chicago Blackhawks again. Uh, another very close game. Uh, this time, the Chicago Blackhawks were able to take it. Um, it looks like they were able to score a goal in overtime to clutch the game out. Um, uh, it looks Lightning- like shootout, actually. Oh yeah, shootout. Check, just checking here. Yeah, it actually looks like shootout. They they were they 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 were the only team that scored a goal in shootout. Yeah, it was that close. It went all the way down to shootout, and they were able to score. So, very very clutch uh, game. The Lightning were able to score two goals in the first and one in the third, and Chicago, they scored one goal every period and yeah it came down to a shootout uh we have some goals from anthony sorelli alex killorn ryan mcdonough in the first and third period for tampa bay and the brinket scored two goals one in the first one in the second and dominic kubelik scored in the third and i guess Kurashev was able to get a goal during shootout to kind of um, clutch it for the Chicago Blackhawks. So I guess just wondering about your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I guess this was the battle of the backup goalies as the both starters had played last game. Um, Malcolm Subban for Chicago played really well in this game. Uh, he stopped 39 out of 42 shots in this game. So really solid. Tampa Bay had a lot of pressure in this game. Uh, so he played really well. And I guess just overall, this was sort of redemption from the, the Thursday game where Chicago didn't come out on top. So I think tonight was sort of that night for them where they needed to beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, the Blackhawks are coming coming up in the standings now. Uh, I think as of uh, this game, they're 13-7-5. So just wondering about um, your thoughts on their 
I guess, projection as a team. Yeah, like I said, they we can't sleep on them anymore. They're definitely looking like they're going to be a playoff team this year. That's for sure. They're finally on the map. <laughs> and I guess the next, um, I guess, Friday game that we're going to go over is the St. Louis Blues versus the LA Kings. Uh, another close game. Uh, the Blues were able to take it 3-2. Um, they clutched it out in overtime. Um, I guess David uh, Perron was able to get a goal in the first, and he was able to get a goal in the third. And Mike Hoffman was able to get a goal in overtime to clutch it out for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the LA Kings, they scored in the second and third period. Uh, Jeff Carter and Dustin Brown, those were the two players who got goals. And I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, this game was going to be close, as I expected. Um, yeah, both teams, um, they seem to be just, I guess, middle of the pack there in the West Division. Uh, St. Louis, um, I mean, they've been sort of mediocre as of late. Same with the Kings. So either of these two teams could have walked out with the victory, and St. Louis really, I guess, put their foot on the gas there late in the game and won that won this for sure. Yeah, and I guess just wondering about your thoughts on the LA Kings. They are kind of at the bottom in their division. Um, just what are your thoughts on what they need to do going forward? Yeah, I know it's been a tough go for them. Um, they're Yeah, like you said, they are pretty close to the bottom. Um, I mean, they have won six out of their last 10, so it's not like they're, they've been playing bad recently. It's just they had they just didn't have a good start. That was one of their main issues. So I guess if they can keep winning six out of every 10, it, it will get them closer to the playoffs. I mean, uh, that naturally does that if you're winning more games than you're losing. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully they'll be able to kind of uh, catch up or do the best they can. Um, nine, eight, and five is kind of tough to come back from but we'll have to see yeah we'll definitely have to see with them i believe there are still three games going on um the anaheim ducks are still facing the colorado avalanche it's currently in overtime right now um minnesota is currently destroying the arizona coyotes (laughs) it's 5-1 right now they just scored another goal with only one minute left Hmm. Um, and I guess the Vegas Golden Knights are destroying the San Jose Sharks. It's <laughs> uh, in the set, still the second period. Um, the third hasn't even started, and they're already up three zero. And those are, I think, those are the games. Yeah, that's so, currently what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll talk about some pickups now. And I guess we'll start with forwards. Um, who are some forwards that you think people should take a look at? Yeah, I know I mentioned him last week, but yeah, uh, Trevor Zagris, especially for keeper dynasty leagues or maybe like really deep leagues and you're looking for a player with a lot of upside. Uh, Trevor Zagris, we've been talking about him since the beginning of the season, since the World Juniors. Uh, he's definitely a guy that I like. I know he only has one point on the season so far in his first like four games or so. 
Um, but yeah, he's definitely someone to take a look at. I mean, he's been putting shots on the goal. He's averaged about two or three shots per game since he was called up. And uh, his plus minus, I mean, it's around even, so it won't hurt you at all. And like I said, if you're in a deep league or a keeper league, he's one of those guys that you really need to target uh, for sure. Um, and then just looking at another player, um, uh, also from Anaheim, uh, Maxime Comtois. Uh, he plays both wing positions. Um, he's around 30% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He's been added around 12% in the last week. So add this guy up. Uh, he's been really hot as of late. I'd say in his last six or seven games, he's had pretty much a point per game. Um, on a team like Anaheim, that's not very good. He's been in the plus. He's like a plus four in those games. Um, and he's had what around like three or four shots per game. He's had about two hits per game. This guy is hitting on almost every category. He's even getting power play points as well. Um, and he's getting the, the ice time too. He's getting over 16 minutes around per game. So he's definitely someone that needs to be added uh, in standard leagues, deep leagues. He should already be owned. Uh, Comtois is definitely someone uh, to take a look at as he can play, like I said, both uh, left and right wing. Um, and I guess another guy uh, that can play both wing spots, Alex Tuck for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's also been added uh, over 12% in the last week. Uh, he's around uh, just over 30% rostered as well. Um, he's just been on a tear um, as of late. I, I know we talked about him uh, scoring that beautiful goal there in the, the outdoor game at Lake Tahoe. Ever since that game, um, he's had five goals since that game. So just take that in. In all the games he's played since then, he's had five goals total. He's been in the plus. Uh, he takes about three shots per game. Uh, he'll throw a hit here and there. I mean, this guy's solid overall. And it looks like he's getting the ice time. I know they've been shuffling him between the top two lines, so they want him to play top-end minutes for Vegas. So Vegas is a solid team, as we know. So if he's there in standard leagues, pick him up. Deep leagues, he should already be owned. But if he's not, pick him up as well. He's definitely going to contribute for you in, in most categories in fantasy. And uh, now back to you for your forwards. Those are some pretty solid forwards. And I've got a couple of guys that I think people should look at. First one, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Um, Carter Verhage. I don't know why he's not 50% owned yet. He's, his ownership's <laughs> going down for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't understand why he's getting over 9 he got over 19 minutes in the Florida game versus Nashville. He was one of the players who scored a goal, and he had three shots that game, so I don't really understand. He's had only two games where he would average under 15 minutes a game, so he gets plenty of ice time. Um, he's ranked 124. He's gotten eight goals, eight assists, 52 shots, and he's plus seven for the season right now. And he has... Uh, eligibility for two positions, center and left wing. So there's really no reason not to no add reason. him if you see no him reason. on the reefer. <laughs> if even even like shallow leaks, you could pick him up and you can get some decent performance from him. And if you're in a deep league, you should definitely be picking him up if you see him on the waiver, especially if you need another center or especially if you need another left wing. He is definitely going to put in some work for you and i guess another left wing that i think you should take a look at zach sanford um he is 11 rostered right now uh plus 10 for the last day 
Uh, he's gotten seven goals, three assists, and 42 shots. He is minus three, but I believe that his um, overall performance should be able to elevate your team. And if you have some uh, players like Carter Verhage, because please add him, uh, the plus minus should be able to offset it. And uh, he's, I guess, a deeply uh, pick that you should definitely take a look at. Um, I think you should actually add him in deep leagues. And I guess my last forward would be Martin Nietzsche's. He's 32% rostered right now, um, plus 13% for the last day. He's ranked 79. Uh, he's had four goals, 13 assists. He's plus 10, and he's had 44 shots on goal, so very solid. Um, he gets uh, double digits in ice time. So he's, he's on the ice almost all the time. And in his last game against Detroit, he had one goal, one assist. He was plus one. He had three shots on goal and he had one hit. So he can fill uh, pretty much any category for you. And he's eligible as both a center and a right wing. So he's a very versatile player and he can uh, be very productive if you add him on your team. So those are the uh, forwards that we have for you. And I guess we'll move on to defense. Um, what are some defensemen that you think people should take a look at? Uh, yeah, just looking at some defense, um, I'm going to talk about Radko Gudis again. I've been talking about him pretty much every week uh, recently. Uh, he's around 35% uh, rostered. Uh, he's been added 3% this week. Uh, he needs to be added more than that. He needs to be only 50% of leagues. The amount of hits this guy generates, uh, I can't stress enough. He, Like I said, in, th in this season, he's had games of 10 hits. So, uh, like, I mean, and he's averaging, like, what? Like, five hits at least per game. He's had a game here recently of eight hits. This guy's taking shots, too. He's averaging, like, two shots a game from defensemen. You're, you don't normally get that. Uh, he's always in the plus. I think uh, for the season, he's plus 10. So, I mean, that's just solid stuff. I mean, he's not going to really contribute for you point-wise, but he's more of a specialist guy. I mean, if you're losing in hits, you're losing in shots, you're losing in plus-minus, this guy's a must-add. I can't stress that enough. And then I think another hit specialist would be Nikita Zadorov. He's about 25% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, I mean, this guy just can continues to uh, average like what five hits a game this guy's taking shots too he's averaging about two shots a game uh his plus and minus is about i guess a little over even so uh he's uh, i believe on the season yeah he's he's around plus three on the year so he's not going to hurt you in plus minus he, he'll be a, a pretty good benefit there um and then points wise uh he doesn't really do as much for you so these are more two uh, of specialist defensemen you're getting shots, you're getting hits, you're getting a good plus minus. So if you're really struggling in those specialty categories, uh, these are guys to really look for on the waiver. Those are some pretty solid picks. And I guess I got two guys that I think people should take a look on for sure. Um, Matthias Elkham is my first uh, defenseman. Um, he's 29% rostered so far, plus 11% for the last day. Um, he was injured, but since he's been back, he's had over 20 minutes every game. So that's a lot of, a lot of time to be on the ice. Um, 
so far for the season, he's had four goals, five assists. Um, he's plus six, and he has 44 shots on goal. And in his last game against the Florida Panthers, he got one goal, one assist. He was plus three, and he had four shots on goal. And in the Carolina game, he had, uh, I guess, one in every category and six shots. So he's a defenseman that's uh, – he's – a very, I guess, a versatile defenseman. He can get, cate- I guess, category coverage for pretty much any cat- category that you need him to. So if you see him on the waiver, if you're in a deep league, possibly a shallow league as well. And yeah, shallow leagues can, for sure. He's definitely yeah. someone to own. Yeah. Yeah. If you need someone to cover all, all the bases, he can definitely do that for you. And my uh, next defenseman is Nick Letty for the New York Islanders. He's 44% roster, plus 23% last day. Um, he's rank 174 right now. He has one goal, 14 assists. He's minus two with 34 shots on goal. Um, a lot of people have been picking up, picking him up lately. Um, he is a very valuable player, so... Especially if you need someone who can get assists for you, um, he's really good at, at getting those. And if you need a lot of shots on goal, he can get those for you too. Um, he is minus two, but I think his plus minus should go up because the New York Islanders are kind of on, I guess, like a hot streak at the moment. So the plus minus shouldn't be too bad. And if you see him in a shallow league, you should uh, definitely take a look at him. So those are the defensemen that we have for you. And I guess let's go to uh, goalies. What are some goalies that you think people should take a look at? Yeah, I mentioned earlier Alex Nedeljkovic. And um, yeah, just looking sort of at his stats, um, he's been on a pretty hot streak as of late. Um, He got a win against Detroit. He got a win against Florida. Um, and then he got a shutout win against Tampa Bay. Uh, his only loss came also against Tampa Bay. He only allowed two goals in that game. So in his last few games, I mean, he's only allowed like what? Two goals, two goals, um, two goals and no goals. So, I mean, really solid. He's got a, a, a goals against average of under two in, in those recent games. Safe percentage of, uh, uh, well, around 940s, but just been so solid. Um yeah, and uh, he's just definitely someone that you need to pick up. He's been getting just as much playing time as James Reimer has been getting in Carolina. His uh, season rank is 77, and he's under 15% owned, so definitely someone to take a look at. Um, and then also for goalies, um, Alex Georgiev for the New York Rangers, around 25% rostered. Um, he's just been also very solid. Um uh, he only allowed uh, well he didn't allow any goals against New Jersey he was replaced uh, whether uh, there was an injury or or what happened he was replaced or maybe he came in as replacement I'm not sure um, and then against Boston he only allowed two goals both games that he played against Boston only allowed uh, two goals last time he played Philadelphia um, getting wins in two out of three of those games as well so the the wins seem to be there the save percentage is there the goals against average is there so if you're looking for a guy maybe in a deep league or maybe you're just not getting stuff out of your current goalies, maybe he's someone you should take a look at for sure. Those are some pretty solid picks. And I guess I got uh, two goalies as well that I think people should pick up. 
Uh, first one is Thatcher Demko for the Vancouver Canucks. He's 48% rostered. So uh, if you see him on the waiver, you should definitely uh, pick him up before he's gone. Uh, he's ranked 193 right now, but he has six wins so far and a 91% save percentage. And his last win was against uh, Toronto, which is very impressive. Um, there is another Toronto game, so I don't know if there you might if he's going to get a win or not. But his schedule is the rest of his games are all teams that potentially he would be able to get a, a win on them. And his save percentage is very decent as well. So you should definitely uh, take a look at him. And the next goalie that I think people should pick up is Ilya Sorokin for the New York Islanders. Um, he's ranked 84 right now, and he's had three wins, and he has a 90.9% save percentage. So very decent. And... I guess the New York Islanders have been on uh, on a hot streak so far, and the games where Sorokin was playing, they've been wins so far. So, and he's and he's had two shutouts as well in two of those three games that he had a win. So, he's a very solid player. Uh, if you see him on the waiver, you should definitely pick him up. And yeah. For sure. yeah. Those are the pickups that we have for this week. So I guess we can move on to the, I guess, talking about the Calgary coach. Um, yeah, Jeff Ward was fired. Uh, it was just released on NHL.com. Uh, he was fired by the Calgary Flames. And Daryl Sutter is going to be um, taking the reins. So I guess I was just wondering about your general thoughts on the Calgary Flames firing Jeff Ward. It didn't seem like he was doing a bad job, especially considering they did win 7-3 against the Ottawa Senators, and the Ottawa Senators were on a hot streak and beating teams that people thought they shouldn't be beating. So, yeah, just wondering about your general thoughts on that. Well, I mean, I think uh, Calgary's been a playoff team for, what, like the past three years, and then they just had a very mediocre start. So I think this firing must have been coming well before that win uh, against Ottawa because I know that they wouldn't necessarily fire a coach after a win. It, it was most likely when they announced it. Um, and then I guess just looking at the hiring of Daryl Sutter, uh, Sutter was the coach for Calgary between 2002 and 2006. I know in 2004, he took them to the Stanley Cup final. Um, and then he was their GM from 2003 to 2010. Then when he was fired, he went uh, to the LA Kings uh, and he won two Stanley Cups with the Kings as their head coach uh, in 2012 and 2014. So, I mean, he has had success, uh, whether it was in Calgary, taking them to the finals or with LA winning two Stanley Cups. So, I mean, it seems like a good coaching hire. I know that um, them having a, the same coach they had years ago sometimes can be problematic, but I think for this time, it, it it definitely seems like maybe they, they got the right coach and maybe um, Sutter will be the coach to sort of get them over the top where they've been sort of mingling in mediocrity uh, most of the season. Yeah, I guess um, sometimes there's coaches that are, they're good at developing players and they can, they know how to kind of bring teams to a certain level. 
But when it comes to kind of moving past, for example, the playoffs and then going into Stanley Cup finals, winning a Stanley Cup, there's some some coaches that are better at that. And it kind of uh, looks like Daryl Sutter is very successful as a coach. So I guess they're just they're more they have more faith in, I guess, Daryl Sutter, Sutter being able to get Calgary another cup instead of trying to wait things out with Jeff Ward. Yeah, I think um, the whole thing with Jeff Ward, he he was more of an interim coach, I feel like, because the whole thing happened with Bill Peters last year with the allegations that came out against him where they had to fire him. Uh, I can't remember whether it was over something racial or sexual or something. The allegations came out against him. Um, they had to release him. And then um, Jeff Ward sort of came in. We thought it was an interim basis, but then he ended up staying on as the coach, uh, even into this season. But I, I guess with Daryl Sutter, they found their guy that they're confident in. So I feel like that um, if Calgary uh, doesn't um, move up after this coaching move, um, then I, I think the managers will be the next to to leave because I think that um, they should be winning with this team and with a coach like Daryl Sutter. Yeah, like like you said, the Calgary Flames are a playoff team and Daryl Sutter is a coach who's had multiple Stanley Cup wins. So hopefully the Calgary Flames will, will be able to make a deep playoff run. And I guess I was wondering about uh, where do you see kind of uh, Jeff Ward in the league? Are there any teams that you think should kind of take a look at him? Um, I think that uh, maybe not right away, um, maybe not this season, maybe next season or the year after a team might uh, hire him. I know he's not as well uh, respected as a guy like Daryl Sutter is for, uh, he hasn't had as much success in the league as Sutter has. So um, yeah, he, he, he might not be like right on the coaching radar for every team, but um, do I expect him to be back in the league in some form? Yeah, maybe as an assistant coach or maybe another team will take a flyer on him as a head coach. Sounds good. I mean, he is pretty, pretty decent as a coach. I guess it's just that um, the Calgary Flames, they're tr- trying to make a playoff push. Um, and they've, I guess, like you said, it looks like Jeff Ward was just an interim coach, but for an extended period of time, but uh, hopefully Jeff Ward will be able to, I guess, find a team that he kind of fits in and he'll be able to kind of bring another team to, I guess, playoff status. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that's pretty much it for talking about the Calgary coaching situation. And I guess we'll just go into some more general stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on, the kind of, I guess, the current landscape of the NHL right now? Yeah, I guess talking about Calgary, we can just look at the North Division. Um, Toronto's still been hot. They've won seven out of their last 10. Uh, and then they're followed in that division by Winnipeg, who've also won seven out of their last 10. The Oilers have slipped a bit. They've just lost their last three straight to Toronto. Uh, so they'll probably be looking to bounce back after that. And then you got Montreal and Calgary just hovering in there on fourth and fifth. I mean, Vancouver's getting close in sixth. They're only four points behind Montreal for that fourth spot. Then you got Ottawa there in last with only 17 points. So, um, yeah, um, we can kind of see sort of the tier of teams. 
Uh, I guess the Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton is sort of a tier as of right now. Then you got Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver, and sort of that secondary tier. And then you got Ottawa there at the bottom. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of how I see the North Division. How about the, um, I guess the East Division, we've been talking about at all podcasts. So we don't really have to spend too much time on them. So we'll go straight to, I guess, the West Division. Um, what are your thoughts on the West? Um, yeah, Vegas really looks like the top team here. They've won four games in a row. They've won seven out of their last 10 as we speak. Uh, just some solid stuff. You said they were leading in the Friday game, so they'll probably win that as well. So that'll be five wins in a row for them. So Vegas is just pushing through. They're the sort of powerhouse here um, in this division. Um, and then you got St. Louis um, followed by Colorado, who seem to be the other two more dominant teams in this division. Uh, Minnesota seems to be playing pretty well. Uh, they've won six out of their last 10. Um, they have been playing pretty solid. Then you got sort of Arizona um, and LA sort of in that mediocre sort of area. And then you got San Jose and Anaheim near the bottom. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the landscape there in the West. I think that um, between Vegas and Minnesota, those should be the playoff teams, unless we see a team like maybe Arizona or LA get hot, and then they might have a chance of getting in. It looks like uh, the West is probably the division where there you might see kind of an unexpected, um, I guess, playoff entrance possibly from the LA Kings or Arizona. They are, I guess, seven points behind St. Louis. So it's not going to be easy, but it looks like it's kind of doable. Yeah, for sure. I can totally see that. And I guess moving on to the Central Division, um, what are your general thoughts on the landscape of the Central Division? Um, I think the top four teams right now have really separated themselves from the bottom four. Just looking at points-wise, you got Tampa Bay at 34 points as we speak, Carolina 33, Florida 32, Chicago 31, and then you got a huge drop down to Columbus at 25. So uh, it's really looking like those top four are going to be the playoff teams in this division. I mean, a team like Columbus or, or Dallas could always turn it around. I can always see that, especially if Dallas does get a chance to play all of their remaining games. They have a lot of games remaining. Uh, they almost have... Uh, I think they have like 38 games remaining or something. So they have a lot compared to other teams. Um, if they definitely get to play those games, they might have a chance to catch up. But other than that, those top four teams seem to be really the, the more dominant teams in this division. Yeah, the central division is very similar to the East, it looks like, in terms of just um, how top-heavy the teams look. Um, unfortunately, if you're at the bottom of the division, it looks like it's going to be a bit too late to kind of catch up. It's going to be a tall order for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Columbus looks like they have the best chance to kind of cat, catch up because uh, Columbus and Chicago. Um, I think Columbus is, I think, six games behind Chicago and they're, I guess, 11 games or not even nine games behind uh, Tampa Bay, which is the first place team. So uh, do you think either Chicago or Columbus would be able to uh, catch up and go to the playoffs? Um, I, I think you mean nine points. And yeah, um, it is possible. Um, like I said, there's still a lot of games left. Every team's got like maybe at least 30 games to go. So definitely time to do it. 
Um, whether the teams can do it, we'll have to see. But those top four teams seem to be playing very well. Yeah, it's going to be really tough to kind of uh, catch up. Yeah, I agree. And I guess we'll move on and we'll kind of look at some Saturday games. Uh, first one we'll take a look at is the New York Rangers versus the New Jersey Devils. Um, who do you think is going to take this game? Um, I could see this game going both ways, but maybe New Jersey might take it just because of how bad they were beaten by the Rangers in the first game on Thursday. Um, they lost 6-1, to one, so uh, I kind of like um, New Jersey, especially them being at home for them to take this game. But honestly, this game could go either way, in my opinion. Sounds good. And the Buffalo Sabres are facing the New York Islanders again. Uh, do you think the Sabres will be able to uh, get a revenge game against the New York Islanders? I mean, it's possible, but I guess just the way the Islanders have been playing, I just really don't expect um, a, a win for Buffalo. I mean, both two teams have just been on the opposite ends of the spectrum, so I really just see it going the same way. Sounds good. And, well, I mean, not good for the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> but... <laughs> and I guess we'll move on to the Flyers versus the Peng Penguins. Another potential revenge game for Pittsburgh. Um, I guess just looking at some of some stats, uh, Crosby has had 19.7 goals and 12 assists so far. And uh, Rhymestick has had 26 points, 10 goals, and 16 assists. So I guess if those two are both in, uh, do, you, do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I think maybe you might go on the end of a higher scoring game for this one. Pittsburgh definitely after blowing that three goal lead, they're going to be out to win this game. I, I think I can expect Pittsburgh to, to win this. Um, they also have favorable odds. So if you like to maybe wager on Pittsburgh in this game, the, they're definitely a, a great choice. I, I feel like Pittsburgh can definitely come out and, and win this uh, sort of rematch. Uh, they, they really just didn't play well uh, for most of that game against the Flyers. I think they'll play better. Yeah, and speaking of, I guess, another chance to kind of play better, we have the Florida Panthers versus the Nashville Predators again. Um, the Predators, they they tried to, I guess, mount a comeback against the Florida Panthers, but the lead was just too much. Um, do you see another game where the Panthers will just be able to hold on to their lead for the the entire game or will the Predators be able to kind of uh, come back? Um, I think this game could go either way. It will definitely be probably a bit lower scoring than that first one. I know Florida um, and Nashville don't normally score that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard not to take Florida. I, although this game could go either way, Florida's just been playing out of their minds as of late. They just really logically seem like uh, the better team to take in this game makes sense and we have another rematch um the toronto maple leafs versus the vancouver canucks um mitch marner has had what 30 34 points points and austin matthews has had has had 18 goals so do you see them uh taking 
I guess, a game against the Canucks this time. Yeah, I definitely see it. Um, I think uh, Frederick Anderson is going to be back in net for the Leafs. Um, yeah, I just don't see how the Leafs lose this. They, this is definitely a bounce back game for them against the Canucks. I know uh, uh, we talked about me wearing this Canucks jersey and them beating the Leafs, but I, I mean, if somehow Vancouver wins this game, I think you might see this jersey <laughs> for for the people watching the podcast. You might see this on next week's uh, podcast again. If you see the Vancouver Canucks roll up on the ice with the skater jerseys, are you going to be worried? I, I actually think I might be worried. I mean, unless the Leafs are wearing their St. Pat's jerseys, because, I mean, it is March now. So I definitely want to see them roll those uh, white and green Pat's jerseys. Those look amazing. If the Leafs are wearing those, I know they've won a lot of games with those. So that might be sort of what they need to combat the the skate jerseys. <laughs> The skate jer- jersey Canucks versus the Pats jersey Leafs. Yeah, let's go. Let's see it. And I guess we'll move on to uh, Minnesota Wild versus the Arizona Coyotes. Um, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Um, I know they haven't updated the odds sort of for this game, but we saw what happened tonight, a, a pretty big blowout, a 5-1 to one win for Minnesota against Arizona. Um, I think Arizona definitely comes out uh, sort of with revenge in this game. This game's going to be a lot closer. It can go either way, but Arizona might have some sneaky value in this game, being the home team and sort of um, wanting a, a comeback in this game. So I think maybe Arizona has a chance to take this game. Well, hopefully they'll be able to kind of get revenge on Minnesota for getting blown out. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll move on to the Jets versus the Canadians. The Canadians really need a win. So do you uh, believe that they'll be able to, I guess, finally get a win? Um, I've believed in Montreal too many times and they've burned me. So I'm going to say the Jets are going to win this and then somehow Montreal is going to pull this game out but yeah um how can you not side with the jets they've won seven out of their last 10 they're looking at like an amazing team um let me just say as long as starting goalie connor hellebuck starts in this game then the jets should pull it out but i mean with me taking the jets now of course you know montreal is just gonna come and win but uh and we'll we'll see about that well i mean the jets have uh been on fire lately so we're going to see some high-level play from them for sure. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely expect that. And I guess the next game that we have is the Anaheim Ducks versus the Colorado Avalanche. I believe that um, they did go to overtime, so it was really close. And do you think that it's going to be another close game or... Or is either team going to be able to kind of pull away? I think Colorado got a big scare in Friday's game, almost losing that. They did pull it out in overtime. I think Colorado should have a more convincing win in this game. Uh, That's what I expect, Colorado being the home team and all, and Anaheim just hasn't been playing well. So I, I see Colorado winning this game, and I see them winning it more convincingly than they did in Friday's game. Yeah, I mean, the Ducks really did uh, play play well on Friday, but 
it, I think the Avalanche are just a stronger team overall. So we should expect kind of a more dominant performance from Colorado, I guess. Yeah, they haven't really looked as dominant this season. We'll just definitely have to see um, how well they continue to play over the stretch. They should be getting better as the season goes along. And moving on to another rematch, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are facing the Dallas Stars again. Um, do you think the Stars will be able to uh, turn things around and beat the Blue Jackets, or are, are they going to, I guess, lose again? I mean, the books are favoring Dallas here. Um, they've been favoring Dallas for a while. They just expect them to turn things around. Um, I think maybe this is the game they do it just because they were close last game. They just couldn't get it done. Um, I, I believe that they did have that comeback in the third period, but like you said, it fell short. They just weren't able to get that tying goal. So I think maybe Dallas does um, come up on top in this one. Uh, I think it might be close. All their games have been close. So um, whoever wins this game definitely will probably win it close. I don't think this will be a, a blowout of any kind. Yeah, the Dallas Stars have been able to kind of keep things competitive. So hopefully they'll be able to do more than keep things competitive and get a win. Yeah, for sure. And I guess going on to the next game, we have the St. Louis Blues versus the Kings. Um, the Blues are higher in their division than the Kings. The Kings are lower in the division. So... Do you think the Kings will be able to make an upset? Um, well, they need to. I think that they had a chance to do that in this game. So um, I'm really liking the Kings for sort of a bounce back game here. Um, uh, they came close, uh, losing in overtime to St. Louis. So I think this is the Kings game to sort of, I guess, make things right between these two teams. I know um, St. Louis seems to be playing better a bit as of late. Um, but I think LA can definitely get back on track uh, with this game. Hopefully, hopefully it'll, they'll be able to kind of fight hard and, uh, beat the blues. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of fighting hard, we have the battle of Alberta part three. Yes, sir. Uh, the Calgary flames versus the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, Connor McDavid, he's had 40 points so far uh, with 14 goals and 26 assists. He's looking like uh, Wayne Gretzky 2.0. So <laughs> do you think that he'll be able to pull a great one on the Calgary Flames? Well, remember what happened the last time these two teams played. McDavid had a natural hat trick. The Oilers won 7-1. to one. So... Um, and right now, I think the Oilers are definitely going to be looking to score some goals. They only scored one goal in a combined three games against the Leafs this past week. So they've just been on the wrong end of a losing string. They really need to turn things around. I feel like Calgary, they just fired their coach. Their new coach doesn't come until Monday. I feel like that this is a good game for the Oilers to sort of uh, get the win here. I, I think the odds uh, makers are saying the same thing. The Oilers just seem like the logical team to come out uh, firing in this game. So I definitely, I, I, I want to look at the Oilers uh, winning this game. Yeah, if any time is uh, a time to kind of have a dominant performance now is the time. Yep. And speaking of dominant performance, we have the 
Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Golden Knights have been uh, the best team, arguably, in the West. Unfortunately, the Sharks can't really say the same. They are in, I guess, a lower spot in their division. Um, I guess, do or can we expect another dominant performance from Vegas? Um, as we speak, Vegas is leading the game um, at the end of the second period, but it is a close game. It's a one-goal game. So um, I guess just hinging on tonight's game, I'd expect the other team to sort of bounce back uh, in the Saturday game. Um, so I, I think whoever wins uh, that that Friday game, you just go ahead and just hammer the other the other side in the Saturday game. I think that that other team will just be looking to bounce back and try and get a victory. So I guess hopefully um, San Jose will be able to kind of keep things close. And it's going to be tough considering it's Vegas, but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And that's the preview for this week. And I guess before we wrap things up, I guess we can uh, take a look at the pool and um, I guess what's going on so far for that. Yeah, um, just looking at the hockey pool, I do have uh, a 20-point lead over the next place team. Um, it's looking like that I, uh, I mean, we talk about this every week. Uh, if I have to be the one getting interviewed, we definitely got to plan something special. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll do like a team uh, analysis or maybe do some Stanley Cup picks. We haven't decided yet, but um, it's, it really seems like I'm going to be the one getting interviewed uh, by Nate here. Um, and yeah, um, I guess everyone needs to try and catch up, but, uh, almost 50% of the season is done. So we'll have to see. I guess by the end of the season, we'll, we could probably, uh, well, I guess we could probably do like a first place, second place, third place kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. We'll definitely have to see what we want to do here. Um, but yeah, if it ends up being me getting interviewed, uh, we'll definitely make it special for you guys, uh, as we always do. Yeah. And I guess you can tune in next week for some uh, some more uh, recaps of some games. And we'll also have some more pickups and some general news about the NHL uh, next week. And this wraps up the segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Hockey Podcast, Everything NHL. Thank you.